Spain them at random time. Random life. Love it. So what's going on, everybody? Welcome back. Welcome back to the show. Welcome back to the Fandom at Random podcast, the cast that keeps all fandoms at random. What's this? What's this? <laughs> Little sneak peek there. Great, great singing, Brian. Great, great singing. But I mean, uh, yeah, as all of you know, it's October. So, I mean, you know what's continuing. You know what that is. The Fright Fest. <laughs> Fandom Fright Fest. I like that. Continues. <laughs> that and, was fucking badass. <laughs> thanks, man. So, uh, as always, you can follow us on. We're, we're everywhere on the interwebs here. Everywhere. I mean, if you want to go to Twitter, you can follow us at Fandom at Random Pod. You can follow us on the Instagram, the Instagram, the Twitter, Fandom at Random Podcast. And you can hop on Facebook too, facebook.com slash fandom at random. But I mean, For guess you old fucks out there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, but guess what, people? If you can't remember any of that, that's fine. Just go to fandomatrandom.com. Easy peasy. Yeah, you know, we lock that domain up tight. Tight. Like a toyga. <laughs> <laughs> That'll, I mean, you can go there, you can follow us, you can listen to us. It'll, all the all the places, you know, for your, your weekly dose of fandom at random so goodness. So much room for activity. <laughs> <laughs> so much room. Why did we listen to you? <laughs> There's so much blood. There's so much blood. <laughs> <laughs> so speaking of following us, um, we love our growing community. Uh, that oh, we, yeah. we've so eloquently dubbed the randos. randos and we want to thank you guys again for listening and supporting this podcast and I mean speaking of support yeah, Brian seriously thank I you I mean we should uh, we should really give give out a random reward Absolutely. at some point soon so we um, think that people deserve it I, I think so too I really do think so too <laughs> so uh, a little while back on Facebook uh, if you were following us we actually posted a little thing we were saying hey Give us your ideas because yeah. we, we want to hear feedback. We want to hear from you. What do you guys want to hear? What kind of ideas do you have for future episodes? And, I mean, we got we got a ton of really good feedback. Yeah, we did, man. Yeah, a ton of really, got really. Got a James Bond one off the top of my head, but we also had a lot of people commenting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I we mean, love to yeah, see. Yeah, James Bond. And then we had another, uh, we had a couple ones um, with collectibles that was a really good idea. Right, and, yeah, which but, should be coming up. Maybe but the long, the long and short of it was, we took all the recommendations, the people that did that, and we threw it in our good old randomizer. Yes. And the rando winner was Casey Benjamin. Whoa! Hey, congrats, Casey. Thank you for listening to the podcast. We really appreciate the support. Thank so you so much. We will. Definitely be tackling James Bond at some point in the future. We both love the Hell Bond yeah. films, yep. and uh, we will be in touch with you on social media. You want a T-shirt? Sean Connery's birthday. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll kind of re. Uh, we'll talk to you. You can pick your own colors, own logo design. So we'll, we'll cater yeah. it. We'll cater it to you. Yeah, absolutely. But uh, again, uh, without further ado, let's move this on and uh, let's do a quick Phantom Fighters update too. Yeah, we haven't done that in a while. So let's do it. <laughs> uh, if if you recall, we did Phantom Fires, uh, Phantom Fighters, at the begin uh, uh, beginning of Phantom Fright Fest, and we did most iconic slasher movie weapons. And unfortunately, fortunately, uh, uh, Brian came out on top. Fuck yeah, I did. Which. And you had to, man. If you didn't, that would have been embarrassing. Was that was that I was like your fandom. I would have definitely went on hiatus from fandom at random and all you, 
random <laughs> randos. So yeah. <laughs> so no, Brian, I'm just kidding, but yeah. Brian got another win, and keep an eye on the website we mentioned before, fandomatrandom.com. I'm going to be updating it. Uh, there's going to be a section that's literally just going to be called Fighters. You'll be able to click on it and go back and look at all of our past fights. Yep. And you'll be able to see the winners. And yeah, just another fun way to keep maybe, track of this podcast. Maybe we can even have like a comment board on there where people pitch us fandom fighter ideas too. I mean, know? look at that. Great idea. Yeah. Great idea. But without further ado, we have a very fun fandom focus today. But before we get into that, we haven't done the news at random in a little bit. And there's so much going on in the world of pop culture. Seriously, man. Let's talk about it. Not careful, I'm gonna come over there and talk to you. <laughs> so welcome back to the news at random. Over to you, Ed. Thank you, Brian. And I mean, right off the bat, we've got so much news. Let's start with some movie news here. Movie related news. Yeah. Uh, I think you may have seen this because I know you're as big a fan as I am, Hell Kevin yeah. Smith. Yep. The Jay and Silent Bob reboot movie was released this week. Uh, critic reviews have not been great. No. Which is kind of par for the course with the current Kevin Smith I was going to say, though, did Jane Silent Bob strike back at any good reviews? It, it You know, critics kind of shit on that a little bit as well. But, I mean, the user reviews have been solid. I was going to say, this is one of those movies where you can't trust a critic uh, because they're not known for great filmmaking for Jane Silent Bob. You know what I mean? We're in it for the cult feeling the jokes the humor um the throwbacks the to all throwbacks, the old films everything you know um it's not gonna get great reviews from a critic you need to listen to the users you know yeah yeah and i mean from what i've heard you know i think you and i will get a lot out of this because i've heard it's literally all throwbacks yeah all cameos from previous people that have starred in kevin smith's films so it, I am super excited. We need to go check this movie out. Fucking A, right. And I mean, dude, Kevin Smith's daughter plays Jay's daughter in the movie. Harley so, Quinn. Yeah, they're twisting things up. It's going to be pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. Another, again, if you're listening, you're like, why is he mentioning Harley Quinn? Uh, it, his daughter is actually named Harley, Harley Quinn. Quinn Smith. Yeah, yep. Harley Quinn Smith. Yep. So again, showing you what a big Batman fan Kevin Smith is. But Before Harley Quinn became like really popular. Yeah, too, that's true. Yeah. But... We're going to keep on moving on. We'll definitely have to check that film out. Yes, and sir. another interesting piece of film news. Yeah, I don't know if you saw this. I did. So Deadpool himself, Ryan Reynolds, actually visited the MCU. So Marvel Studios headquarters, took a picture, uploaded it to social media. Mm-hmm. And that was it. Yeah. That's he literally it. uploaded it and everybody, you know, Twitter blew up. You know, what are they talking about? Is it the future of Deadpool? That has to be the assumption right now. I mean, yeah, but that's not you don't hint to that because you know he's in marvel he's probably going to be introduced into the universe at some point but i feel like they're hinting at something bigger than that you know what i mean i mean there's no there's no question that the deadpool films are ridiculously successful yeah ryan reynolds is you know he's fantastic i mean his 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 marketing his viral marketing that he's done just through social media and just by kind of stealing his Deadpool costume and doing crazy <laughs> yeah, things. So, right. I mean, they, 
I'm hoping they do a Green Lantern remaster. Oh, God, no. Same movie, just better special so, effects. So DC versus Marvel crossover? <laughs> yeah. Dude, how like awesome that. would it be if you had Green Lantern fighting Deadpool? That would and be it was Ryan Reynolds amazing. versus Ryan Reynolds. They have the technology. Get it done, Marvel. <laughs> Get it done. <laughs> oh, that'd be great. Just yeah. don't sew his lips shut again, no, please. No, don't do that. <laughs> So let's flip the script. We'll uh, we've just talked about Marvel. Let's talk about DC a little bit. There's Yo, been a bunch of DC casting news uh, in relation to uh, Matt Reeves' The Batman the movie. Batman, yeah, uh, Zoe Kravitz has been cast as Catwoman. How do you feel about this? I can get on board with this. I can um, as well. Zoe Kravitz, she definitely has the Catwoman vibe. Um, it's hard to explain, but I can see her in that role for sure if it's written the right way. You know what I mean? So I'm excited for that. Once I heard that, I was definitely on board. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm very, very, very excited. And she can act, so. Yeah, absolutely. And obviously, we already have Robert Pattinson, who's been cast as the titular Batman in the role. Yep. And, I mean, it's funny because I made some show notes at the beginning of this week on this because I wanted to talk about the Zoe Kravitz news. And we had rumor upon debunked rumor upon confirmed rumor upon truth. So yeah. I'll start it out with yeah. there were rumors that uh, and rumblings that Jonah Hill was being looked at to play Edward Nigma, a.k.a. the Riddler. Exactly. And then midweek, there was another update and they flat out came out and said Jonah Hill will not be part of this film. Um, all the talks and the deals, they fell through. Yeah. So Jonah Hill walked. He's out. And then we got another update <laughs> yesterday. Yeah. Um, the Riddler has been cast. Yeah. <laughs> And, and it's played Jonah by Paul, <laughs> yeah, Paul, Paul Dano or Dano. I apologize if I mispronounce that name, but yep. I'm not too familiar with his work. I know he's, uh, I believe, an Oscar nominee. He, yeah, he. I think he was in, in 12 movie. Years a Slave. He was in a couple films. Prisoners with um, Hugh Jackman and Jake Hugh, Gyllenhaal. I think. Oh, Hugh Jackman. He was. Um, he's a good actor. Don't get me wrong, but I don't know how I feel about him in the Riddler. Yeah. To be honest with it's you. It's funny because they mentioned Jonah Hill and I was immediately like, no. And then yeah. the more I thought about it and the more I looked at Jonah Hill, especially like skinny, weird looking Jonah Hill. <laughs> right. Um, I could get on board with it because he's actually a pretty good actor. But I'll, you know what? I'll keep my I'll keep an open mind. So, again, I mean, he does, you know, there, he does play clits in The Girl Next Door. <laughs> so he's got that going for him. <laughs> so and they're they're saying so. I mean, right now they're saying that they are planning on introducing and featuring two to six. Again, ladies and gentlemen, two to six iconic Batman villains that in me. this movie. That worries me a little bit. So it doesn't, it doesn't. Um, you know, I get nervous. We've mentioned it before, the two to three villain thing, mm -hmm. especially with Spider-Man 3. Ugh. Oh, but, God, yeah. But if they introduce them more as a rogues gallery with sl small cameos, yeah. I might be okay with that. And to me, if you're bringing in the Riddler as a prominent role, I think it would be cool if I want to see more of the detective work and yeah. the crime the crime fighting and solving skills of Batman, which we haven't seen too much. I, I think mean, that's what we're going to get with this movie. He's the world's greatest detective. I mean, it, it just, I don't know why, but the Batman seems to me like, I don't know why that just has a very, the detective Batman feel, you know what I yeah, mean? Yeah. Yeah. And you know, they're originally, they, they, Matt Reeves came out and said, they're not doing the year one storyline, which is too bad because I'm a huge fan yeah. of that storyline. But yep. they said they are going to pull some pieces from that. They're going to set this in the 90s, so I I mean, are they, is this going to be a standalone? Are they going to do a flash forward to current day after this film? 
Is this early in Batman's career? We don't know yet. Yeah, not yet. No. We don't know, but, I mean, the movie, again, it's not coming out until 2021, so, I mean, we're going to keep an eye on it. Yeah, for sure. Uh, moving on from movies, let's move on to some video game news. There was a lot of video oh, game news Jesus. this week. Yeah. <laughs> and <laughs> I'm, I'm sure everyone in gaming has heard about this, but... The Fortnite black hole. I will admit, dude, the the stories surrounding this have piqued my interest in getting back into Fortnite. Because it would have been cool playing this game for the past, what, two years and ending it on a black hole that throws you into a whole new and it was un- cool i mean i watched universe you know i watched a bunch of uh live streams on twitch and people were watching as all these events were going on and this essentially like meteor was crashing into the map yeah everything exploded lights and it almost looked like the universe was flashing and then a black hole mm-hmm. and there was no Fortnite. <laughs> um and it was crazy they went on their twitter they like deleted all past posts they made- I heard kids needed in like kids in elementary and middle school needed to go to their therapist and shit like it was the <laughs> trump campaign win all over again you know what i mean no no and then you know it wouldn't be fandom at random if we didn't mention pornhub but i guess black hole search on pornhub was like a hundred multiply quadrupled this week after uh, i love how pornhub is becoming well. the new youtube because youtube <laughs> yeah, right? is like sanctioning and like censoring everything yeah so people are just uploading to pornhub exactly instead. i mean dude they're doing pollution videos they're doing this that i mean they're getting and i'm sorry it, but man. uh especially if kids if you're hopping on pornhub and you're searching black hole you might have to <laughs> you might have to thumb through a couple pages before yeah. you find anything Fortnite related the only thing worse is going on t- <laughs> typing in hentai <laughs> <laughs> but eventually uh Fortnite Chapter 2 was introduced. So you can hop in. It's a brand new world, updated graphics. There's activities, you know, swimming, you know, hidden I might challenges. Play this until next week when uh, Modern Warfare comes out. Yeah. Because I've been wait- looking for a uh, game to hold me over. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, Fortnite, man, it's back. It's apparently better than ever. There's no, It's not slowing down. Yeah, no. But speaking of things that are slowing down, and we'll keep it in uh, the video game-related world, I've got a lot to say about this uh-huh. one. This yeah, is you why can this, take this one. This is why I, I, I held this <laughs> off for last. And right after this, we're going to get into our fandom focus of the week. Yeah. Activision Blizzard. Mm. The And I again, I apologize. I try not to swear too often on this podcast, yeah, right. uh, this podcast but what the fuck? <laughs> like, and I stress the Activision part of blizzard because the blizzard of old they're gone they're no more yeah no and i mean blizzcon last year you know the infamous you know don't you guys have cell phones right with the mobile game push that was very telling as to where this company has been heading for and far too long now and then the press on modern warfare not to interrupt you but they're getting a lot of fucking hate right now so they are anyway yeah, so activision is yeah. terrible so yep. uh activision blizzard they stripped a hearthstone champion uh by the gamer tag of uh blizzchung of his money and they Would hit you him just with call a me? <laughs> <laughs> blitz chung hot chungus oh chungus so they ended up stripping him of all his prize winnings and they hit him with a year-long ban from competitive esports due to him voicing his support of anti-government protests in hong kong after That's he won a championship insane, and now obviously activision blizzard they've got a very lucrative partnership with the chinese market so to me, you know, it's no surprise to see them bend over and just fucking take it and cater quickly to their foreign partners. Yeah. And I'm talking about uh, NetEase and Tencent, who they're a huge investor and a close collaborator in the Chinese gaming market. So 
I mean, and this is all more ev- all the more evident with, you know, last year's controversial announcement of Diablo Eternal. Again, Diablo for phones, which immediately rubbed everyone the wrong way because Blizzard has always been a PC-first company. Oh, yeah. Up until the Activision acquisition. And, I mean, the, we all know the Chinese market, they eat up mobile gaming. Fucking this, A, they do. This is what they love. Portable gaming, mobile gaming. Yeah, this is what they love. So, I mean, adding even more fuel to the fire, just this past week, Blizzard now canceled their Overwatch tournament that was, again, Overwatch was launching for the Nintendo Switch. They were having a huge tournament at Nintendo Switch headquarters in New York. They canceled it in fear of protests. <laughs> Because everyone's going fucking crazy. They're canceling their Battle.net accounts over this shit. And Dude, it, it's awful. I mean, you've had multiple... On it. China ship, censorship, it, China ship, whatever. Yeah, you know? so I mean, at this point, multiple esports figures, streamers, gamers worldwide, they've all been jumping ship and canceling their Battle.net accounts in protest. And I mean, honestly, it's a long time coming. The Blizzard of old is truly dead, man. Yeah. It really is. And to me... I mean, the ultimate, I don't know if it's irony or whatever, but the timing of this is amazing. Guess what happens in like two weeks? Mm -mm. It's BlizzCon. The annual event. The annual event, BlizzCon, which is Blizzard's annual event. They've been doing it forever. It's one of the biggest gaming events worldwide. They stream it. It's taking place uh, November 1st through 3rd. I cannot fathom the number of protesters and outrage that are going to be at this event. Because of all of the misdoings, all the mishandlings yeah. that have been going on over the past couple of years, I especially hope, the last month. I hope nobody fucking shows up and people out there protesting like they fucking mean it, you know? They might. And, I mean, honestly, at this event, we're probably going to get a Diablo 4 announcement. Because, yeah. They're on damage control. They have to. Think about it. EA, they started fucking up just like Activision was. Loot boxes, right all that bullshit. Yeah, and Battlefront 2, I mean, everything. Now look at them. I've been hearing, talking about video game news, the new Jedi game is getting really good vibes sent out right now. And they've been doing better ever since people started boycotting Homefront 2 and, I mean, um, Battlefront Battlefront 2 and all these other things. So gamers, when they want to, can make a difference, you know? So I'm going to definitely keep an eye on, and we're going to talk about BlizzCon. We should probably do a post-BlizzCon, a quick little yeah, quick little blurb after that happens. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, at this point, unfortunately, I, even I've jumped ship, and they used to be my favorite yeah. game developer, bar none. I love them. I'm a longtime Warcraft player, World of Warcraft player, I was thinking Diablo about getting player. back into World of Warcraft, too, and now I don't think I will. Yeah, so it's, it's upsetting. We'll have to see what happens, but... Brian, you know what? Let's get on to... Let's put that shit up in the yet. past. It's let's, in the past. It's get gone. rid of that dark mojo. Let's let's get on to happier... Happiness. Happy happy news. Happy Happiness. Things. Happy and what, what's, what's What's, you know, happier than Phantom Fright Fest? <laughs> Fuck yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so let's get into our Phantom Fright Fest focus. God damn, that's a lot of Fs. Right. Of the week. And uh, let's do it. And this week's Fandom Fright Fest focus is our consensus top 10 favorite Tim Burton films. Timothy Burton. I think Timothy people Burton. are going to like it, man. I think the creepiest motherfucker out there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and we should kind of throw a couple rules before we even talk about Tim Burton here. But yeah, uh, first off, let's define what counts as a Tim Burton film mm-hmm. before the purists 
try to stab us. Yeah. So uh, this <laughs> list, this list that we pick, we we put some rules in place. It is not restricted to only films that he directed. Nope. You can't if do he, that. If he produced and wrote the story, it's fair game. It's fair game because yes. many of the stuff that he worked on as a producer or wrote the story, it's got Burton all over it. Uh, yeah, definitely. All over it. I mean, so, dude, you can... It, this is one of the few people... You can pick a movie out of a lineup just by watching a scene just because of the art style or the look or the feel of it. Yeah, the atmosphere. Yeah, the atmosphere <clears throat> because you know it's Tim Burton's movie, you know? Yeah, and that's what I'm saying here. You know, we agree to those rules because, again, Tim Burton, if he's involved, his unique style and design, they radiate through the film regardless. Yes. So, Timothy Walter Burton, as he was born on August 25th in 1958, he's an American filmmaker, artist, writer, and animator. He's known for his dark, gothic, and eccentric horror and fantasy films. Yes. So... And we'll mention, too, Tim Burton, He he's often worked with actor Johnny Depp and composer Danny Elfman almost exclusively in majority of his films. Yeah. But, I mean, there are some other heavy hitters, one of which being Helena Bonham Carter, oh, which I love. I her, man. love. Fucking love Helena. I, Dude, in Fight Club, my favorite um, character in Fight Club is Marla and in played by Helena Bonham Carter. It's yeah. just perfectly played by her. You yeah, know? yeah. And I mean, another one is Winona Ryder. She's been in a ton of films. And, yes. I mean, he has yep. he has a flair for finding that kind of eccentric and unique people and personalities to surround himself with yeah, in his films. Yeah, has that, you know, the people who don't look like your average Hollywood goer, you know? Yeah, yeah. And he goes for, he goes for that kind of, the unicorn you know that's out there absolutely and i mean he found that very obviously in johnny depp and helena bonham carter which it just it shines through Shit, so good yeah man but i mean he's made so many amazing films and we're gonna cover again we kind of tried to do our not consensus. as many as i thought he did actually but yeah definitely a lot yeah, so uh, we kind of did our consensus top 10 of his films. So, again, I picked my own top 10. Brian picked his own top 10. Some surprises in this one. Yeah, so unbeknownst to each other, <laughs> we picked our top 10s. And then once we did, we showed each other our list, matched them together and ranked them, and we got our consensus. Yeah. And we I touched mean, our lists. <laughs> <laughs> just, just the list just tips. Just the list tips. <laughs> so... Without further ado, let's kick this off at number 10. And right off the bat, we've got a dead tie. Right. We've got a tie at number 10. And because it was a dead tie, so we, we have a kind of agreed upon tiebreaker, but I couldn't I couldn't knock either of... Where it was a tie at 10, yeah. I couldn't knock either one of these films out of the top 10. Yeah, that's fair. We have so, to talk about them both. So we've got at 10, it's a tie between Frank and Weenie. And Corpse Bride. Yes, so Frank sir. and Weenie was my number ten pick. It was I'm sorry, Frank and Weenie was my number nine. It was Brian's number ten. Yes. Corpse Bride was my number ten. It was Brian's number nine. And again, dead even tie. I mean, yep. Brian, what do you want to add about these films? So Frank and Weenie, I watched when I was sick, so I don't remember a ton about it, which is why it's last on my list. I do love the. <laughs> I love the theme of Frankenstein throughout the film, except yeah. it's on his porky-looking dog, you know? Yeah, named I Sparky. Mean, named Sparky, and it it has um, the classic Tim Burton feel, and also, what was his name, Igor? 
Yes. His best friend or his friend Igor there. I think yeah, because it's Victor. I know, I know Victor's the name of the main guy. Yeah. So I think his friend Igor there and the dog and the uh, overall feel of it. I, Victor I, Frankenstein. I it. Frankenstein. Yeah. So, I mean, it it's just a terrific film. It's all in black and white. It's got that classic throwback, like you mentioned. They took the story Very of... Very universal monsters feel. Exactly. You know? yeah. They took the story of Frankenstein, which everyone knows, and then Frankenstein's monster and Sparky, and they they threw a little pet cemetery in there. Oh, yeah. And it it's great. Right? It's just a really, really great film. I loved it. Yeah. It deserves to be in the top 10. And then Corpse Bride, which is actually one of the more current films yes. on this list, Again, we mentioned you get Johnny Depp, Helena Bonham Carter, both coming back into this. Yep. And, I mean, what now, did you like about this film? I mean, I liked it because basically all my exes look like corpses anyway. No, I'm just <laughs> <laughs> So I could relate a lot. No, um, it had a lot more of a feel of another movie we're probably going to have a li- on the list later on. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it definitely had a call, a call back to that. And... Um, I'm a sucker for a little bit of romance. So you throw in the an- Tim Burton's animation, the romance, and the gothic style, and like you know, corpses being married and shit. I'm all on board. Yeah, dude. and it was fitting. <laughs> it was fitting that these tied because both main characters were named Victor. Yeah, that's. I didn't even put that together. Yeah. Yep. So again, Johnny Depp. He led. He leads the cast as the voice of Victor, and Helena Bonham Carter voices Emily, the yep. titular corpse bride, and. Such a great film. I love that early on. He takes the the ring and puts it on the tree, and then she comes out, yep. and that relationship, and then he goes into the underworld, although the world of the dead. and it's Yeah, it's cool, because you kind of have like this love triangle, but like nothing you've ever seen in a, mo- in a regular love sure. triangle. You know what I mean? So it mixed things up, and uh, I think, you know, it gave it a unique feel, which... Tim Burton's movies always have anyway. They do. But um, it was definitely one of his more modern movies that I could um, get on board with. All right, yeah. moving on. Moving on. Moving on. Number nine, Sweeney Todd, the demon barber of Fleet Street. Yes, sir. You're going to have to take this one. Oh, that's fine. Yep, because... That's, that's fine, because <laughs> I'm letting you take the next one. I've seen parts of it. Oh man! And so this was this was never my, really the full movie. This was my yeah. number seven pick. And again, when we pick these, we go worst to first. And again, by no means is ten the worst. It's just you know you have to work your way up to the favorite at number one. Yeah. It's, so this was number seven on my like, list. This was not in Brian's top ten. Was not. No. Nope. So first off, I'm a sucker for musicals. Yeah. I love musicals. Tim Burton does a great job. I think that's in this why film. I didn't get hit get turned on by this movie because I was expecting something different and then it was a musical and it threw me off and I just didn't give it a Dude, chance. I, and that surprises me a lot because it's a slasher film. I know. And you love slashers. I didn't know a lot about it leading up to me watching it, so I was thrown completely off by the musical portion of it. And again, and it, it follows, you know, it follows Sweeney Todd who comes back and he's a barber serial killer who murders his customers with a straight razor <laughs> yeah. with the help of his accomplice, his accomplice, Miss Lovett, who again, Helena Bonham Carter. Helena Bonham Carter. Yep. You're seeing this time and time again. This Tim Burton. Pattern. Yeah, Tim Burton <laughs> loves getting these actors together. They've got amazing chemistry. Yep. And she processes all their corpses into meat pies. <laughs> because the time the timing that this takes place, 
It's a uh, very Victorian era, and you know, food is hard to come by. Yeah. So, yeah, right. She needs fresh meat. What better way than uh, cooking people a, up? A demon barber. Shit, going all so, leather face on it. <laughs> I loved it. Um, I love musicals, and it was a very dark musical uh, with the Tim Burton flair. So it it did it for me. Yeah, I definitely like the film. Yeah, I I can see why. Uh, yeah, but for me, it didn't click. Yeah. Well, that's because you have terrible opinion, Brian. Exactly. Well, you, like they say, opinions are like assholes. Everyone has one. Mm-hmm. So let's move on to number eight. Dude, I was surprised you didn't put this one on there. It was, you know what? Um, go ahead. You take it because uh, people might be surprised by this too, because even I was like a few months ago when I found this out. Number eight, Mars Attacks. Great directed film. Directed by Tim Burton. I had no idea up until like five months ago it was directed by Tim Burton. Yeah, so with my research, I, I knew it was. Again, it came out in 1996. Very comic science fiction, which, you know, Tim Burton is much usually much more fantasy realm <laughs> yeah. than he is science fiction, but this was this was a campy-as-shit film that and did not take itself seriously, and it worked. I think he fucking nailed it, dude. I mean, you got Jack Nicholson as president. Uh, the alien design was perfect. It, the whole theme of them coming oh, in meh, peace, meh, yeah, meh. their language, the, them getting off the ship, like we come in peace, blah, 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 and then blasting the whole fucking Senate. Remember the giant oh. heads and the giant eyes? Yeah, and- dude, it was just crazy, zany, and, and nothing like we've seen before at that time. And I loved it, man. I was all about it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was almost like you took like a a classic alien invasion film you threw a little bit of fear and loathing in las vegas in and it just went crazy yeah it was almost like independence day hadn't even been a thing in up until that point yeah it's like if they were directing independence day and they all took acid on independence day you know what i mean yeah (laughs) and i yeah i loved it yeah yeah i thought it was i i like it again i it it wouldn't have made a huge cast i mean we had like i said Jack Nicholson, Glenn Coase, Annette Bening, Pierce Brosnan, Danny, Danny DeVito, DeVito, Martin Short, Sarah Jessica Parker, Michael J. Fox. It, the list goes on. Dude. Natalie Portman. You know, everyone was on board for this one. Yeah, yeah. They had a huge star, star-studded cast for this. So, yeah, it was funny to see him in a film like that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, number seven. Yes, So, this sir. is one yes, I'm, I'm going to get a little angry oh, with. I know. I knew so this, you would. So, number seven. Kiwi's Big Adventure. Yes. <laughs> Chester the Molester, the theater master beater. Uh, so this was my number six pick. Brian, it wasn't even in your top ten, but the fact I had it at six pushed it all the way to seven. Brian, yeah. what the fuck? Don't get me wrong. I How like, do you not like Pee-wee? I like Pee-wee, and I like the movie, but I, after thinking about it and stewing on it for so long... I needed that spot for something better. Uh, it's a there great is nothing movie. better than Pee Wee, <laughs> and I call back to it all the time. But I think when you're talking about Tim Burton films, I have I have a few more that could have gone in its place. Which I put yeah, so I in its place, I know? grew up I grew up on the Pee Wee Herman show. I absolutely loved it. I mean, it was our generation's blues Blues Clues. Yeah, it's probably the best way to describe it. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, and you know, Paul Rubens as again Pee Wee Herman fantastic and this was actually tim burton this was his directorial full-length debut yep and if you go back you know you would and a lot of people don't realize they you know they think tim burton they think dark yeah gothic horror kind of weird things that's what they wouldn't think peewee's big adventure (laughs) but if you go back and watch the film 
This there there's Burton all over this. The weird kind of I can shit going I on. Yes, definitely. And I mean, it's all about Pee Wee trying to find his stolen bike, <laughs> just going all over the world. And right? it's it's just was that the one where he dances in the big pink heels? Um, or was that the sequel? Because there was there was there was this one Pee Wee's Big Adventure, and then there was the Big Top Adventure. Yeah. I, I think it might have been the second one. I can't recall if that was this one, but either either way, it, it's just so goddamn good. I yeah. love this film. And I do too. Um, not enough to put it on this list. It's like you said, it's the Mars Attacks for you. I mean, exactly. Or for me, rather. I loved it, but I couldn't get it into my top ten. That's what I love about this list, though, is this is one of the few times me and you have a, a, a few differing opinions and they come through on this list, I, I, and I like that. Well, let's end our differing <laughs> opinions with our number six pick. Yes. Sleepy Hollow. Sleepy Hollow. I had this at eight. You had it at seven. We were back to back here. Fuck yeah. And again, we just mentioned that you know, when, when, night. <laughs> when people think of Tim Burton, they think of that dark gothic horror. This is that incarnate. Oh, yeah. Uh, I love this film. Again, Johnny Depp, <laughs> you know, bringing a story that we heard growing up our whole lives i think the first time i heard about sleepy hollow was what third fourth grade sure. something like that the headless horse there's a different there's a children's version a middle school version a high school version a horror version there's everything so when tim burton brought this to the main the big screen i was fucking psyched about it yeah and i like that he he spun the story Mm-hmm. You know, the storyboarding and everything on it, he made it his own. He gave Ichabod Crane a lot more backstory. Uh, I remember he was actually sent from, he, he came from New York City to the quiet town of Sleepy Hollow to investigate a series of murders yeah. uh, from the mysterious Headless Horseman. And you also got a young uh, Christina Ricci in this film, which, right. you know, we mentioned before, uh, Christina Ricci, again, she's mm. another person that's in that kind of Tim Burton Universe. Definitely, dude. You see yeah. a lot of Ricci. The, I didn't even think about that, but yeah, she fits right in that fucking category. Oh, man. I had such a crush on her when I was younger. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, I don't know if you our... ever saw Cursed. It's a werewolf movie, but she's in it. It's so underrated, but it's awesome. Speaking of Fright Fest, you should check it out. Oh, sounds but, um, Yeah, no. She was great in the movie right alongside uh, Johnny Depp. And like you said, he put a good twist on it, kept it fresh, and I think it landed. I know a lot. It didn't get great reviews back then, did it? Uh, I don't. I don't have to go back and look. I don't yeah. think it did. I don't think it did. But um, you know, watching the film, and I, I watched it maybe like again, like three or four years ago. Yeah. And it, I, I like it. I really do like it a lot. Oh yeah. It screams Burton. Definitely. So, Moving on again, Sleepy Hollow. So moving on top to our, five. we're in the top five now. Top five, baby. So we're not messing around anymore, randos. Mm-mm. Top five time. This shit is serious now. And what better way to kick off the top five with fucking Batman himself? Batman. So Batman number five. Fuck yeah. The 1989 film, again directed by Tim Burton and the first real Batman movie we got. Yes. And loved and, and this lived for. And this <laughs> this this movie changed superhero films forever. Oh yeah. Forever. I had this at number 3. Brian, yes. you had this at number 5. I did. We might see a little bit of an inverse on the on the next pick that I we do. I was going to say I'll I will use my argument for this on the next pick. 
Okay. Uh, but I will say I have my reasons. I love this film. I love one of my favorite Batman movies ever. But I had to rank it a little bit higher only on my per- personal list up to three because like you like we just mentioned, this was this was it. This was the finally we got a superhero film that wasn't ridiculously campy. Yep. This brought in some of the dark comic undertones and it was it was awesome, man. I Good love special effects for nineteen eighty nine too. Yeah, yeah, I loved Michael Keaton as Bruce Wayne and Batman. And you got Jack Nicholson as the Joker. Absolutely. The you could say I don't know. You got um dude, his name's escaping me right now. TV show Joker there. Mark R- Hamill? Romero. Oh, Caesar Romero. Caesar Romero, yeah. You could say he started it, but Jack Nicholson, like he was the first Joker. Yeah, he was yeah, know? he was the one that really made that role prominent. Really hit the home run with it. Yeah. Oh, where do they get a load of me? You ever dance with the devil under the <laughs> pale moonlight? My favorite line in the movie ever. You're my yep. number one. This, yeah. yeah. This was back then what Heath Ledger was to us. You 100%. Know what I mean? Dude, that's, yeah. That, that's what it was. So, again, I mean, so many cool <laughs> things with this film. I mean, you got the iconic Batmobile. Yep. So much of that dark and brooding set design and tone and music from Tim Burton. And he kind of set the tone for Gotham, you know, in the movie universe. When people build Gotham in a movie now, it's like Victorian Gothic kind of feel because of Tim Burton. Yeah, absolutely. Huge influence. So, Uh, again, Batman at number five deserves to be there. But let's not stop talking about batman nope. let's segue right in at number four pick batman can't, returns can't talk about batman without batman returns so this i had this at five you had this at three so i'm gonna reverse. let you talk yes <laughs> complete inverse of what we just talked about why don't you talk about batman returns so okay the reason my pick of batman returns was above batman was because specifically because of two things danny devito and michelle pfeiffer while Joker, Jack Nicholson Joker, I think is one of the best villains in a movie ever. I think overall the movie benefited more with both Danny DeVito and Michelle Pfeiffer playing Penguin and Catwoman. I think they just working together on screen in one movie, it hit, it just hit, I, I can't even explain. All I can say is a young boy. Uh, Michelle Pfeiffer in that tight black leather suit. I mean, yeah. It made me feel things for the first time. <laughs> right? And, you know, the fact that she's, like, covered in red flags definitely got me. Like, that was my introduction to a yeah. red flag woman. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I just, I remember that one yeah. scene. She's doing all the backflips, and then she oh, says, yeah. like, meow, and then the yep. explosion. And I'm just meow. like, <laughs> <laughs> Yep. And then you got Cobblepot's sad story. Danny DeVito, best penguin ever so far. Obviously. He was great. Yeah, I mean, he was so great. And the dude, I, it still brings a tear to my eye at the very end of the film when he's dead and like the penguins are like marching him yeah, like into dude. the water. <laughs> and I'm like, oh no, come right? on! I just think overall it was a better movie. While Batman had a the best villain you could get, I think Batman Returns had a better movie in the end. You know, and it was dark, man. They it they was. they pushed some shit. Like they had some really really violent scenes. Like, dude. I mean, just the cats eating Michelle Pfeiffer when she dies is pretty fucking weird, you know? Yeah. But yeah, you're right. It had dark scenes throughout the whole movie. 
Yeah, yeah, I, you're right. I mean, I, I loved it a lot. The only reason, again, I gave Batman the slight nod was because it came first. And, and yeah, you know, returns, returns, returns built off that. But yep. we're in the top three now. We sure are. We're in the top three. And if you're listening, I mean, you can probably, you can make a safe assumption on what is coming up. If you know anything about Tim Burton movies, you know what three movies are coming up, you know. Number three. He shares a name with me. He does. <laughs> Edward Scissorhands. The Scissorhands. Oh, his Scissorhands. They're so sharp, Brian. Um, dude, I love this fucking movie. Yeah, so I had this at four, you had this at two. Yep. And I mean, you just said it. I mean, it's it's this this film is this is Tim Burton incarnate. It, it's it got is. everything. I mean, this is I remember I used to picture a perfect, like, um, suburban neighborhood this is I it always thought of edward scissorhand scissorhand's neighborhood with the pink the pet the what do they call them the pastel colors yes everything's uniform everyone's pulling out of their driveways like that was the dream for me i didn't have a normal life growing up i was poor you know so yeah. that was it for me <laughs> that was a big thing in this movie i don't know yeah, why yeah, yeah. And, it, and it and it really was they took yeah. they took the the art i should say tim burton took the image of it was suburbia kind of ideology or at its at its at idealisms. <laughs> and, and then he threw a big fucking gothic castle in the middle of the neighborhood. Yes. And took a guy with scissor hands in leather and bondage yeah, and so put him in there. Again, you know? Edward, you know, he he's an artificial man and you know, his quote unquote father has been trying to complete him. Unfortunately, he ends up dying before he can put his real hands on. Yeah. And he ends up coming to live with his suburban family. Oh, yeah. Ends up falling in love with their teenage daughter. Once again, Winona Ryder. Yep, Winona Ryder. Coming back in and... Johnny I mean, Depp, Winona Ryder. We got yeah. them all, yeah. Yeah, and it's just so good. Again, another classic Johnny Depp role. You know, just... He says I, so much just through his expressions in this film. And somehow with all those bright colors and the the bushes and the greenery and everything he still made this movie creepy somehow the demon lady i mean the uh religious lady there, oh remember? yeah you're not right in all that shit and her organ playing like it's amazing how tim burton just leaves his mark on a movie and i love you know him you know again edward scissorhands coming down he's got the full weird like black leather suit yeah and then he's even like when he he's given clothes he just puts them like over the black leather (laughs) yeah and it just doesn't fit at all i think and johnny depp's best role ever in my opinion yeah 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 it's up there um and then again like all of the the amazing creepy hedge trimmings yep and then all the unique like haircuts and styles that he does and everything screams burton like tell me who else but tim burton could come up with an idea that a guy named edward has scissors for hands gets rescued from a castle up on a hill into suburbia, ends up being the best barber in fucking town, (laughs) (laughs) and, uh, you know, goes from there. I mean, tell me who else could come up with some shit like that but Tim Burton. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and he was, again, he he was knocking it out of the park. I mean, this came out in 1990, and just two years before this film, uh, our number two pick, which we're getting into right now. Ding dong, uh, Avon lady. Yes. <laughs> so, I mean, if you're talking about, personally, in this entire list, two films that have very, very similar style. Oh, yeah. Beetlejuice. 
Beetlejuice, 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 Beetlejuice. Michael Keaton coming back. Oh, man. This was my number two pick. This was your number four pick. And again, Brian, you're a terrible person for I making know. this out of your top three. I know, but dude, dude, tell me, Batman, Edward, Scissorhands, and one not to be named so far, but I think number four is fair for Beetlejuice. All yeah. right. Yeah. All right. I'll give you that. But I love this film. I love it. I love this film. The style, the music, the ambiance, the yep. acting, the everything about it is just so goddamn good. And I mean, Alec Baldwin and Gina Davis. I Win- mean, they're Winona Ryder again, again. Winona Ryder again. Yeah. And I mean, everybody is so perfect in this film. Yeah. Uh, Catherine O'Hara is so so good everyone's so good Dude. and and we didn't even talk about michael keaton as beetlejuice i was gonna say like perfection michael keaton these days and you're like all right he's an all right actor you wouldn't think he could play batman beetlejuice and uh god knows what else back then you know what i yeah. mean because nowadays he's just okay but back then he was king of burtonville yeah <laughs> and you know it it just it was so goddamn good. I love this film. I mean, there's just again, so many... just unique, you know? Again, you think of... And we mentioned Burton, like, the style, when they have that, like, just the zoomed-out version of, like, again, that... the And you can almost tell it's a model of the yeah. house before yep. they zoom in. That very creepy look. And then they go in, and all of that weird deco modern like the furniture you got yeah and then it all comes to life at one point the sculptures the black and white checker theme throughout this movie yeah and again we mentioned that has this way of building worlds in an hour and a half time frame that have lore galore you know what i mean like you had the book of the dead and you had the, uh, when they go and visit the um, underworld, they oh have, yeah, you just see so many things. He's great at bu- building a world visually. You know what I mean? Yeah, and it's funny because they actually, in the '90s, they were already revisiting doing Beetlejuice, and it was actually uh, Beetlejuice Two. Beetlejuice goes goes Hawaiian. Yeah, <laughs> that was legitimately the the pitch of the film. It was going to be Beetlejuice in Hawaii. Oh, thank God they didn't do it. Fucking terrible. But I again, it, not to spend too much time on Beetlejuice, but I don't know if you've heard this, but there are rumblings that I've yeah that they want to bring back Michael Keaton to reprise this role, and People, they want to make a new Beetlejuice, and they want Winona Ryder. And I've been seeing you know mock uh, trailers, mock movie posters. So this I'm seeing patterns of when things are rumbling out there, and then they finally come to life. You know. Yeah, and in this day and age, all it takes is, you know, viral marketing takes care of itself. And I mean, if the public comes out and they they see an image or something hinting at it, yeah, and it gets re- retweeted a half a billion times, guess what? The movie studios are going to do it. Let's not forget the music in Tim Burton's movies either. I mean, shake, 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 Sonora, shake it all the time. I mean, we gotta we gotta give credit where credit's due to. Obviously, Danny Elfman didn't write that particular song. No, but Danny yeah. Elfman has taken care of all of these soundtracks. All without of the, the unique music, Tim Burton's movies would take a peg down. You know? Yeah, just think of the Beatles. Just, you know, dun dun dun. And then the sandworms, dude, those oh, yeah. freak me out. I mean, it, uh, amazing fucking movie. Yeah, yeah. I just, oh. and especially, finally, 
finally when he gets summoned and he's just sitting there waiting for it. <laughs> yep. Just a, it's showtime. It's showtime. Oh, man. <laughs> I need to rewatch that. I'm going to rewatch that this month. Yeah. So Beetlejuice. So uh, that's it. That's our list. That's our top. Yep. That's it. Have, oh, wait a gra- a minute. have a great night, guys. Wait a minute. Well, I think we have one more. Really? What's this one? I don't know. What What could it possibly be? I don't... Dude, I thought we named all of them. What the fuck? Wait, I think I know this song. Hmm. Halloween. This is Halloween. This is Halloween. Da 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 da. Our number one pick. What else, ladies and gentlemen? Every emo kid's wet dream. <laughs> Space Jam. Space Jam. <laughs> no. The Nightmare Before Christmas. Yes, sir. And uh, this was our consensus. Uh, this was my number one pick. This was your number one pick. Of course it was. Yeah. So it pushed it, obviously, up to number one. Yeah. And what else? Dude, you, you ask anybody, hey, what movie do you like from Tim Burton? What are they going to name right off the top of their head? Nightmare Before yeah, Christmas. Yeah, exactly. It, which is ironic because he didn't direct it. Right. <laughs> and that's why we, we had a little disclaimer before we started this. So he was he produced and he wrote this film. Yes. So by all intents and purposes, I mean, even if you go and look it up, it's called Tim Burton's The Nightmare Before Christmas. That's how it was. Yeah. It is. It. I don't give a shit that, you know, Henry Selleck, who actually directed this film, it was one of his animation colleagues. And who worked extremely tightly with with Burton. The only reason Burton didn't even film this, he was busy on Batman Returns. But I'm, Burton did everything else on this film. I was going to say, I'm pretty sure Tim Burton was like, this is how they're going to look. This is how it's going to play. This is what they're going to say. This is the story. So this is, either accept it or get out. <laughs> Don't let so the door hit you on the ass. Again, you know? for purists out there, this is not a Tim Burton. It is a fucking Fuck Tim Burton you, film. you. It is a Tim Burton film. And it's Tim Burton's best film. <laughs> yes. I'm sorry, but it is. Um, he, we was, he was the puppet master on this film. That's all you need to know. Yeah, I mean, you know, breaking the mold on the, that that stop animation, claymation, whatever you want to call it, and not to mention, dude, cashing in on two holidays with one movie. Yes, who you else know, has done that? This can't this, name anybody. This is a film every year that my wife and I watch religiously yep, every Halloween. Me too. And guess what? We usually watch it around Christmas, Christmas time too. Because why not? It's the nightmare. But the thing, Christmas. Yeah, and the (laughs) thing that set this movie apart, I mentioned before, I love musicals. The music in this movie is timeless. Oh, yeah. It is timeless. It's iconic. Yeah. The, I mean, it is just. I'm Jack the Pumpkin Pumpkin King. King. And there's just so much, I mean, you know, so much lore. Again, you mentioned before, he's so good at world building and lore. And. It's just so shit, yeah, dude. It's just so goddamn good. Look at the forest and all the doors. You have Easter, Thanksgiving, Valentine's Day. I mean, and to this day, I've been waiting. To for this it. <laughs> day, that is the thing that people keep saying. They left it open for more. They sure did. With Jack Skellington finally coming back and visiting the other realms. Yep. Because there's so many other ones, other doors that he could go into. I'm waiting for it because it's Tim Burton, so you know he's not going to go Although Lock, Stock, and Barrel did get the Easter Bunny at one point. (laughs) Right? You know he's not going to go with uh, something. (laughs) He's not going to do obvious like Thanksgiving or um, Easter. It'll be the nightmare before like 
fucking Columbus Day, and <laughs> and he'll hit it out of the park. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, but again, this this movie just ticked every box. I can go back and I can confidently tell you that I have seen this movie anywhere from forty to fifty times. It never gets old. I no, can keep on never. watching it. Nope. Again, Jack Skellington, the Pumpkin King of Halloween, Danny Elfman writing the songs, doing the score, and not a lot of people know this. Did you know that he provided the singing voice of Jack Skellington? Danny Elfman? Danny Elfman did. I did did not know that. Nope. Yep. Danny Elfman Elfman did. So um, he actually, you know, they tried doing- He did a couple of them, actually. He did the clown with the tearaway, tearaway face- with so the a lot, spinny hat yes, there, yeah. Yeah, so a lot of these singing roles were actually done by Danny Elfman himself. And it was just so great. And and the story of that unrequited love story between him and then Sally. It's Dude, just, yeah. Like, who doesn't want to be Jack Skellington and Sally? And this love, you know what I mean? I mean, yeah, he put and, her together again. <laughs> And still to this day, I mean, I'm going to sound corny as shit right now, but at the very end of the film, when they go up and, you know, we'll be together now and forever. <laughs> and it's just, it gets me every a single, single man tear. Every a single time. man tear. <laughs> I mean, dude, the Oogie Boogie, Jack and uh, Sally, I'm Dr. Finkelstein. Yeah. Whoa. His song, by far my favorite in the movie, fucking Oogie Boogie Man. Yeah, and it's just, it's, it, I, I, I don't know. I can't, what else more can we say about this film? Honestly, I mean, we, you could do a whole episode on Nightmare Before Christmas. And we talked about that, actually dedicating an entire episode to this. Maybe we will next year. You could, because we could get into so many details about the movie, but I mean, what could we say that our listeners don't already know, I'm assuming? Yeah. You know what I mean? But if we could get an episode where we dig into everything about it, that could be pretty interesting. That would be cool. Get into like pre-production, production. And the animation still fucking holds up today with other movies that have been coming out, like Pixar movies and shit, you know? And we mentioned earlier, but obviously Corpse Bride was Tim Burton's way of his current he day even ver- uses the same theme music in his trailers you know that yeah 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 so i mean that was that was tim burton's kind of quasi current day nightmare before christmas exactly yeah obviously it couldn't hit. hold it couldn't hold a candle to the original <laughs> but. think about that silhouette with jack skellington on the uh little curly q cliff there i can picture right it perfectly. behind the moon moon Dude, I put that up there w- with most recognizable symbols up there with like Batman and Superman for Christ's sakes, you know? So, again, we're going to go through our top 10 and then when I want to do some honorable mentions here, but yes. at number 10, we had a tie between Frankenweenie and Corpse Bride. Number 9, Sweeney Todd, the Demon Barber of Fleet Street. Number 8, Mars Attacks. Number 7, Pee Wee's Big Adventure. Number 6, Sleepy Hollow. Number 5, Batman. Number four, Batman Returns. Number three, Edward Scissorhands. Number two, Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice. Number one, The Nightmare Before Christmas. Christmas. But we do have, before we before we sign off here, we do have to give some honorable mentions because as sure you said do. before, he had, he's had some great films. And I do want to mention, so again, we're talking Tim Burton films, but... Two films in particular that he was producer only on. Yeah. But again, you could you could get that Tim Burton vibe, especially in this one. Let me tell you. This 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 want I wanted to put this in my top ten. 
I wanted to. When you when we first talked about doing this episode, the Golden Three came up. Nightmare Before Christmas, um, Edward Scissorhands, Beetlejuice. Beetlejuice. After that, I'm like, James and the Giant Peach, of course. Because, and, dude, the art style, the animation, everything was Tim Burton feeling, you know? Yeah. And then I looked it up, and I'm like, what? <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, so he only he only produced this film, which, I mean, by our rules, it was still valid to make the top was, 10. But, 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 you know, I... It was different enough to where... You can tell he didn't have as much of a hand in it as Nightmare Before but Christmas. But I loved James and the Giant Peach. I must have seen this as many times as Nightmare Before Christmas. Yeah, it's so good. Yeah. Uh, and then the other film, really, he was only producer on was Cabin Boy, which is... I don't even know what that is. You've I'm never seen be, Cabin Boy? No, I haven't. Oh, man. No, I really haven't. I have never even heard of it. To be All right, we're gonna do Cabin Boy. Yeah, we're gonna watch it one night. <laughs> yeah, you need to you need to get introduced. I'm, I'm my interest is peaked now. So moving on to films that he did direct and have a direct hand in, uh, Big Fish, which I know a lot of people yeah. loved. Yep. I wasn't crazy about it. Me neither. I don't neither. know. I, it was hit or miss to me. Yeah, Taylor um, liked it, but yeah. Another film, uh, Ed Wood, mm-hmm. which a lot of very early on uh, Johnny Depp collaboration with him. Yeah, very highly regarded. This is actually considered one of Tim Burton's best films. Hmm. Um, I I'll be honest, I have not seen it. Me neither. This is one of this is one of the ones I haven't seen. Yep. Um everything I read about it says it's fantastic. I'm going to check it out. I should do, yeah, I think I'm going to look but at it. But it's about uh the directing career of Ed Wood. Hmm. Um Charlie and the Chocolate Factory which I, yeah. <laughs> was not a fan of. No, I hated that. I movie. mean, but we're comparing it to I mean, how can how can you compare yourself to Gene well, they Wilder? Set themselves and... up for failure. You you're remaking a movie that shouldn't have been remade in the first place. It's like you're you're gonna try and remake a Christmas story. You're gonna no. fail. You're you'll gonna fail, fail, and you'll shoot your eye out. <laughs> exactly, you'll shoot your eye out, kid. <laughs> so yeah, I mean it, it. I did I did not like that film at all, which is mm-hmm. again why it's an honorable mention. Uh, Planet of the Apes, Marky another movie, Mark, right? Yeah, another movie. I was kind of like, eh. It was very. Um, it was I a liked movie. It, back it was then a when popcorn it came film. Up, I rewatched it when I was older, and I was like, "God damn, this was kind of." Uh, yeah. Dark Shadows again, more Johnny <laughs> Depp, which I again was like, "I." Ah. Chloe Grace Moretz was in it, and I'm a fan of her, but other than that, it didn't hit for me. Yeah, yeah. miss me, uh, Dumbo, which I've yet to see. Yeah, I haven't. seen I've that heard either. very mixed things on that film. And then again, uh, Miss uh, Miss Per is it Peregrine? Peregrine's home so, for peculiar children. And so this was I, I highlighted this red. You had this at your top eight. But, I did, but based on where we had rankings, mm-hmm. it actually didn't make our top ten. Yeah, but if you want to talk about it a little bit, I have not seen this film. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't think it got great reviews, but basically, it's about this house that's. St- you find out is stopped in time right before it gets hit by a warhead in World War Two, and it's a house for peculiar children, like it says. Um, people, kids with powers that really aren't useful. <laughs> like one girl, she takes her lead shoes off and she floats up in the air. She's got to be kept on a leash. 
Um, there's two twins who are so ugly they have to wear masks. You know what I mean? But Sounds by, like misfits, yeah, which but I mentioned before. By the end of the movie, they find out how to fight this big bad, and I forget who it was, but they fight this big bad by using their unique, useless abilities in a team environment. So they become dream warriors. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> and they and fight Freddy Krueger. I love Eva Green, and it just, it was a cool, unique not a superpower film because none of the powers they have were superpowers, but kind of like a reject X-Men film in World War II setting. And I was, um, I was cool with it. Huh. Yeah. I'll have to check it out. But, yeah. uh, yeah, it's been a uh, fun little episode here. Sure has. Covering the Tim Burton. Fucking Tim Burton. Check in. This is a big episode. People. I know. I know. We should have had him on. Yeah, I know. Give, he would have, he would have cleared his schedule for I, us. I got him on speed dial. I'll give him a call <laughs> next time. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, we'll be back next week with more Fandom Fright Fest. Yeah. Ha, ha, ha. Thanks for landing. (laughs) Thanks for listening, Randos. We're out. Later.